Thank you so much for being here this morning. I'm so glad to see so many faces to hear about our trip to Nicaragua. I'm Katie Carroll, if you haven't met me before. I work with the junior high youth, and I had the privilege of going on the trip, which is really great. Um, I just wanted to set the scene for us a little bit, give an intro. Most of you probably know, but we took a trip of 11 students and, um, well, leaders, chaperones, and most of them are here this morning. We're missing a few, which is sad. Um, Cannon Layton went with us as well, and she's not here this morning. But we took a trip, or a group of 11, for a week to Nicaragua. And our main leader was Elizabeth Elliott, who is actually here this morning, so she can give us a little wave. We're so glad that she's here, and we hope that we represent this trip well. Um, and we're so thankful for her leadership and, and guidance in this trip and all the coordination. Um, so we were there for just about a week, and I would like to say as an intro that it was just a joy to work with this team. I really enjoyed every single member of the team and uh, was just blown away with how much fun I had on the trip and how much I got to learn. So what we're going to do at this time is kind of give you an intro and tell you about some of the preparation that went into the trip and kind of the idea and the concept of it. And then we're going to walk through the trip and kind of take you along with us so that you can see a piece of our journey, and that's going to take the form of photos and, and a few video clips. Um, so hopefully that will be entertaining and give you a little bite of, of what we are up to. So before we get started, let me pray for us, and then we'll dive in. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning and for every person in this room. Thank you so much for the opportunity to um, go to Nicaragua. Thank you for this team and every member of it. And I pray that you would come and send your spirit and speak through us and that you would use this time to encourage us and draw us closer to you this morning. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to pass it over to Stephen for a little trip intro. Yes, thank you. So I would just echo um, everything that Katie said. It was really just terrific to be on this trip, a great group of kids. Um, and I, I say that as someone who doesn't know many children or <laughs> students this age. So <laughs> perhaps they're subpar, but I thought they were great. So um, they met my standards. Uh, but more importantly, you know, usually when we think about a trip like this, um, it's very easy to sort of say, well, what happened on the trip? What did you do in Nicaragua? And you just see the Nicaragua portion when you're there. But this trip actually involved a lot of preparation um, that went on much, much earlier. Um, and uh, we had, I think, we started in, when was the first meeting? When did we start? What was our first meeting for this trip? Yeah, so, so this began in January. So long process building up to these weeks, this, this week, so that we could use you know, every second um, as the Lord would have us. Um, so there was a series of meetings, um, and, uh, and, and these were uh, a way to kind of uh, create some background for how the Advent um, looks to do mission and outreach. Um, uh, you're all here, so, you, so I, I suspect you're familiar with the, um, the way in which... Uh, our real focus on a gospel, the gospel of, of grace, of God's grace towards us, is so integral to everything we do that we're really a theologically driven church. And this trip is no different. And frankly, I, I came in with a little bit of apprehension because I have colleagues from seminary who've done trips like these um, or that, you know, ostensibly are like these. And, and it very quickly kind of is 
a vacation. If you don't come to the youth group meeting, you're not allowed to go on the trip, and the trip is, you know, it's a, a weird mix of what, what is this about? And so for us, it was really important that we spend time together, um, that we uh, think about what God would have us do with this time so that it wasn't um, uh, just some sort of vacation or a kind of vision of outreach that would, um, would, would, would narrow the truth of what was going on, that would leave us feeling like we were somehow going to go be saviors when Jesus is as much my savior, your savior, as everyone in, in Nicaragua's. And so, um, and so the, the, the goal of establishing that, in, that foundation was really important to us. Um, and, uh, and to do that, we, we, uh, we, we read, we, we had everyone, everyone read a book called, uh, When Helping Hurts. Um, and, uh, and I suppose before I go into When Helping Hurts, which is sort of like what it sounds like, it's about ways in which um, well-motivated and well-intentioned efforts to reach out and support um, others can actually uh, do the very opposite. Um, I, I wonder, before the meetings, did you all know each other? Did, did, who did? Someone, someone answer this question. You didn't, right? I'm leading the witnesses. You didn't know each other all completely, or you did? It was really random, yes. Um, Describe. <laughs> We don't all go to the same high school, do you? No. Yeah, we don't all go to the same high school, and we're not all in the same grade. And so that was really interesting. Like, India, I'd probably met you, like, once at church. So it's kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> it still is awkward, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but now they know each other. So. <laughs> but, yeah. So going into it, we kind of did. Good. Yeah. So the, the meetings were a good time to, to, to kind of get, get to know one another. It was certainly my sort of first time getting to know you all. Um, and uh, I wonder if, uh, if we might have some um, summary of uh, just the, the When Helping Hurts book. Um, who is going to tell me about that? <laughs> the whole idea was to plan this so it would be spontaneous, and now it just looks like I'm unprepared. Um, Jeffrey, would you? <laughs> no, he's not the one. Will, are you on? Okay, good. Okay, just answer the question. Someone help me. Uh, We read um, When Helping Hurts. Uh, the general gist of the book is that um, he, uh, he goes through, uh, the author does, and he goes through and he looks at sort of um, various efforts that have been done primarily by North American Christian churches um, going into uh, international communities where they don't really have a lot of background of the ongoing situation with uh, whatever going on in the community or whatever foundation work has already been laid uh, or really appreciation for what God has already been doing in the community prior to their arrival. Um, and so then there's a dangerous, there's a danger of going in with a mindset of, um, we're from America, you know, we, we do things right. You know, we're going we're gonna to lay out our predictable pattern of how we need to run this efficiently and run it um, to the best capability, and we're going to preach our message. Um, and failing to involve the community um, and how just that, the fallouts of that sort of mindset, um, the repercussions of that are evident. Um, if, if you're not... Um, if you're not sensitive to the needs of the community and you're not sensitive to what's already been happening and what God's already been doing, uh, then you can really, really mess up um, just the, the structure that's already there. Yeah. Um, and actually, when you leave um, and you've created a dependency on your being there and your resources, uh, it can create a fallout. Like that, so. yeah. 
And so the book, in particular, focused on on types of poverty culture um, and, and acknowledging that. So, so that was what you were going to talk about, right? Good. <laughs> so spontaneous. Um, go. Yeah, the the book really focused a lot on four different types of poverty. There's poverty of self, poverty of others, poverty of creation, and poverty of God. And it kind of went into detail and like depth and like gave like specific examples, like scenarios. Right. So, does anyone have? Has anyone thought about any examples that they might share at this time? Come on, we did this in the. (laughs) (laughs) I. I, I, So, poverty with God, we kind of like focus in on like how it's different in Nicaragua and how it's different in America. And in America, we kind of view God as uh, like the loving God who kind of attends to our needs and butlers our needs. But then in Nicaragua, it's kind of seen as like an authority. And kind of more of a structured kind of dictator-like situation. That's a good example. Poverty itself is very interesting. In the name of um, I was fascinated. I had a lot of conversations with Elizabeth um, about there's uh, you can see it's particularly evident in Nicaragua how just like a subtle sip in the mindset of a culture on a cultural level can really change everyone's approach to um, how they view themselves and. Uh, how they interact with others. Um, so poverty of self in America, I think, is often, we talk a lot about at the advent of how uh, the pull you up by your bootstraps mentality, how that might be good economically, but not maybe spiritually sound. Um, and um, how we often want to take control. Um, we want to invest ourselves as much as possible, and it becomes a performance-based burden. Um, but in Nicaragua, um, there's a lot of beauty in a group mentality. Um, and how they sort of interact with each other um, as a group, and they don't, they, to the point sometimes where it can devalue the individual. Um, so personal responsibility can be a hard concept, um, and even like to the point where they don't name their children sometimes until um, like a year after they're born, um, and they'll have multiple names that they use interchangeably. So there's, the sense of identity is a little bit lost there, um, and so I think that's important um, for people to understand that God loves you on a personal level and wants to have a relationship with you personally. Um, and I think that sort of contributes to the poverty of God when you don't, if you see God as just sort of like, he's looking at the needs of the community and he's sort of governing on sort of like a, a higher plane that's not really investing in you, um, then your connection and your love for him um, or your understanding of his love for you uh, is greatly jeopardized. So um, that was pretty interesting. So there are two other poverties, right? So uh, poverty of others, we did a lot of like comparing and contrasting with America. And so in America, we talked about there's a lot of like competition and a lot of like we set these really high standards for each other and we set these like really high, whether it's like socially or economically, especially like in high school, we've all seen like you have to measure up and you have to like fit this bar and fit this like med- whatever everyone wants you to be. But then in Nicaragua, it's really interesting how they have this like like Ella said, it's like really authoritarian because their history, all they've known is like dictatorships and all this stuff, so they don't know like a government that loves them or like supports them. So it's really interesting. And there are a lot of differences in poverty creation between Nicaragua and the United States because here we're really just connected with creation and just very wasteful and trying to protect everything. And Nicaragua is on agriculture, so much more connected to the creation there. Um, so that sort of gives you a sense of a little bit of the things that we thought about both before we went and then 
the things that, that sort of helped us process as we were there, and, and I think that's going on. And of course, we also, during that time, we planned like the bake sale. You, know, you all bought baked goods, right? Thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, that was really important. Yeah, so that was good. Um, and I think that probably the best thing to, uh, to do now is to look at the slides and, and see what happened. So we're just going to kind of take turns walking you guys through some stories and things. Hopefully we'll get warmed up here. Thank you. Um, it's, it's very different. You should ask us about it. 
Um, but um, yeah, they were doing perimeter area and volume. Um, and um, this is the um, the lunch area. I think the cantina. Cafetine. 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 Um, and uh, they served us some. Uh, Really great lunches. Um, a lot of um, planned plantains, um, which are really good. I've not had those before. Um, and we uh, we also played. There's an earlier picture of the gym. Uh, we played a lot of. Um, we played with the kids. Uh, supervised PE a lot. Um, and you can show that in progress of our mural. Um, the the flowers at the bottom here. Um, they have uh, grace written across the heads. Or uh, or it's in Spanish, so it's. Um, um, and so it's um, not an acronym, but a, a acrostic, an acrostic. Um, so the school has a bunch of, um, they attach values to grace, which is interesting. But they had, um, we had the kids, you can see the red flower there with the handprints. We had the kids in a number of classes. They would come by uh, and um, we would dip their hands in paint and um, handprint onto the, um, the mural. So that was sort of the kids' contribution as well as helping us paint. The older kids helped us paint, too. <laughs> this is one of our, our cool time-lapse videos. Thank you, India. <laughs> <laughs> one, like, giant shoe in there. <laughs> so you can see some of the students helping us as well. It's a little bit of progress. OK, and um, this was actually overlooking Metagatha. So at the end of our first day, we kind of went to this, like, She said eighth and ninth graders. Um, and um, a lot of the kids in Nicaragua, uh, this is interesting for me to find out, but for various reasons in their history, a lot of um, families in Nicaragua have ties to states. Um, so a lot of them either grown up or lived in the US or Canada for some period of time. Um, not all of them, but some. Um, so some of them are pretty good English speakers, um, either by um, through Elizabeth's fantastic teaching or by having grown up in the US or Canada. Um, and so I got to, uh, that was the first time we got to um, like sit down, or I got to sit down and talk English with some of them, um, and it was uh, a lot of fun. So. 
the, when we traveled to Nicaragua, we went and stayed at another NCA. There's a couple of different campuses in Nicaragua, but we stayed at a different one, and we got to go. There were a couple of uh, kids around our age, they were 18 and 19, Angel and Eric and Ramon, who has been working with the Black Tents for a while. And it was just kind of to give them a chance, like, we're all pop impoverished. That's a word. That's a word. Yeah. And, and, uh, in like our own ways. And so it was kind of cool to give them a chance to like show us because we are obviously, none of us are professional blacksmiths and you can see from some of our videos that we're not. <laughs> so it was kind of cool to give them a chance to like show us like what they've learned and like how they can help us. So. And it's cool because they were all like, like they were 18, 17. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to be like, oh, whoa. And they're like really, really smart, really educated. So was that Mike's shop that he set up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, blacksmithing is not easy, so it's like, it's really impressive that like these guys are alright, and they're just like so careful about it. She's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to try <laughs> No one was safe. We all, we all had to yeah, try our hands. We all had to. Yeah. Um, same day after we left the blacksmith, uh, the blacksmith shop, um, the uh, foreman of that shop um, slash um, sort of <coughs> apprentice, long-time apprentice of the dye breaks, um, Ramon, um, who has become really, really impressive blacksmith in his own right, um, has been selling um, knives. Like I saw the knife that um, we took back with us back to the U.S. Um, to give to the dye breaks to sell. But um, Ramon makes these beautiful knives, um, and he sold them and um, actually paid for his own house, <coughs> which is um, a really big deal in Nicaragua, so he built it off of the profits of the blacksmith shop. Um, and we, uh, he invited us to his house that day to have lunch, um, and we had um, tip-top uh, chicken, which is the Chick-fil-A equivalent in Nicaragua. <laughs> um, and uh, then we uh, went on a little hike all around um, sort of the trails around his house in the mountains. Uh, and there was some really beautiful views in uh, Managua, um, and we just got to, it was um, really fulfilling to get to interact with um, sort of the fruit of um, missionary work there uh, in the road. Uh, and how we <laughs> 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 oh, wow. so Love that sorry. The higher you got in one year, it was. That does so not capture the view. Yeah, the, I mean, these pictures are awesome, but I mean, like some of the views are like, breathtaking. Like getting to hike over the mountains and like even back when we were, oh yeah, even even <laughs> even back in uh, Nagaoka, like the views were incredible. Like being up on the balcony, like I was talking about. And this is the the bald dude with the beard in the back. Is um, I probably still not identifying like that. It's, uh, Dave. <laughs> he helped with some of the uh, blacksmithing like apprenticeship stuff that they do. And they actually had they let us come over to their house uh, on our last day to hang out with their monkey Barnabas. It was awesome. Uh, so Barnabas had to make a slideshow, obviously. Yeah. They, uh, I, th I think from from what Dave, from what Dave told us on this, uh, his story, he was he was in Madagascar and his wife had called him and said, "Hey, bring me back something from Madagascar, cool." And so he literally picked up a monkey off the side of the road. It's like this would be a great idea. And then, uh, <laughs> didn't think about like, any of like the. Any, yeah, and the discussions that could happen. So, but they, but they got the monkey like a check, like you know, babies and all that. So, but it was, it was okay. So now they have a uh, monkey. Okay, so we've made it to the end of our slideshow.
Here we are putting final touches on the mural. Is he going to film this and paint it at the same time? Yeah. Final picture of the group with the oldest students after the We're all looking at the other kids. We're all looking at the other There we go. Well, we are almost out of time, but I just wanted to wrap us up and say um, one of the scripture verses we focused on throughout the whole trip was 2 Corinthians 4, and we kind of read through the same passage every morning to just kind of let it sink in, and I wanted to read a few of those verses for us. Um, Starting in verse 5, it says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Um, So really, we painted a mural. We went and tried blacksmithing. We um, got to go on a nice hike, got to see some interesting animals and um, helped with different PE classes, got to see how education works there. Um, But it was really about so much more than a mural, as you can see. Uh, So we have maybe time for one question, if there's a question from the audience, um, for maybe a couple of questions. So I want to open it up now. Any, you know, curiosities that you might have? And I'll let any of us answer. I'm not going to be the, I don't have to be the answer. So any questions?
Yeah, a lot, a lot of the kids, like the missionary kids and the kids that work in Nicaragua, it's really cool because some of the older ones did speak English, so like we kind of like carry on conversations and some of us didn't know Spanish that well. But even with like some of the younger kids that didn't know the English really well, like it didn't take long for them to just kind of like, like be vulnerable, like open up to us and like be friendly because they knew like most of us didn't speak Spanish and if we tried to, we would botch it or whatever. <laughs> so like if we did, they would just kind of laugh it off and like play along with us. So it really didn't take long for the kids to just feel like they were our best friends. What was the worst is when you're like, you're like, so when we were doing the hand painting, um, and you would call a kid over and you would be trying to explain to them, like, give me your hand, like, let me, like, um, paint it and I'll put it on the wall. And you're trying to say all this in Spanish and you have no idea what you're saying. And eventually you're like, what? (laughs) 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 Why did you say that in the first place? Fruits of your ministry, because you 
we're working with these kids, and, and this trip was out there as kind of a carrot thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> we've really been talking about it for three years. So that, that's really exciting to see. Well, it was exciting to experience. And we're so glad you've had a chance to share it all with you. Thank you for coming. Um, and uh, I'm sure you can, can corner folks and ask them more questions, but don't corner me because I can serve any love questions. Okay, let's close in prayer. All right. Dear Lord, thank you so much again um, for all the ways that you were at work in Nicaragua. Um, through the students that we interacted with and through our team that we went through Elizabeth and through the other teachers. Um, and I just thank you so much for this opportunity to see how big and glorious you are and how many ways um, you're at work in so many lives. Um, and I pray your continued blessing on NCA and on Elizabeth Elliott and um, on the students that we interacted with. And uh, thank you so much for your love for us. In your son's name, I pray. Amen.